For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions. We're here on the Believe Podcasting Network. You guys know what that is. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. This is a show we believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. I mean, week one is in the books, Lions 49ers. We're going to talk all about it. We got an injury we got to get into. We got a left tackle. There's so much to talk about. So I want to take a real quick second and I mean like a second, because I got a little surprise here on the show. I want to introduce Jack Cavanaugh, my man. He's back again this week. We're always having fun talking lines. Jack, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, I am absolutely fabulous as always. You know, a little bit bitter because I said the Lions were going to cover at seven and a half and they lost by eight, but they almost came back. They almost had that classic Lions backdoor <laughs> cover. So it was still entertaining. It was still fun. So I am rip roaring ready to go today. There. All right. J- Jack's always ready to go. I mean, he- he's on the ball, he's ready. We know this. He's already talking about betonline.ag. We'll get our great sponsor in here. But 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 we got a big surprise here on the show. I mean, speaking about being on the ball, we are very fortunate here on Believe in Lions to have the one and only Jerry Ball, third round pick of the 87 draft. I mean, this man, this man made three Pro Bowls, 32 and a half sacks, dominating the middle for the Detroit Lions. And he's coming on here to talk Lions football and laugh it up and just kind of enjoy the show, be on the podcast with us. So we are very honored to have Mr. Jerry Ball here with us. Jerry, how are you doing today? Oh, Derek, hey, man, I really appreciate that great introduction. You know, I hope I can live up to it, but I tell you, it's great to be here and talk football about the Lions. And Jack, you know, I definitely hear Jack is ready to go for sure. (laughs) No doubt. Well, I'll... I'll be kind of serving it up to you two fellas today. And like I say, we got so much to get into uh, what happened in this ball game. It was up and down, ugly. It almost was an incredible comeback. There's a lot to get into. And again, just excited to have Jerry. But I couldn't run down all his accolades, but you guys know who he is. If you're a Lions fan, you 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 guys know who this guy was. He, he dominated uh, the point of attack, just like Aleem McNeil is going to do here for the current Lions. So we'll get into all that today. But before we just dive in, because... We're just going to straight up talk ball uh, here on Believe in Lions. Let's get our great sponsor, betonline.ag in here. You guys got to go check them out. And as Jack said, if you went to the pay window, if you went to betonline.ag, quite the adventure this week, right, Jack? Beyond an adventure. That's an absolute understatement. But it is the best place to go to place a wager on the Detroit Lions. And Of course, we're going to take the Lions to cover again this week. We'll get into that later, but we B-L-E-A-V in the Lions here. (laughs) There is no doubt. So everybody, let's get our sponsor in here, give them a look, and we come back, 
Jerry Ball and Jack are just going to be getting after it talking Lions football. So everybody, we'll be right back. If you are into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to BetOnline.ag and start playing today. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we're back here on the show. Thank you so much. Please go visit betonline.ag. It really helps out the show as well as this is a great place to go if you want to uh, try to go to the pay windows, Benny Blades used to say here on the show. And since we got Jerry Ball here and Jack, I mean, we're going to get into this ball game. But what I first wanted to talk about is, you know, a 41-33 crazy game. I mean, let's just start out with a couple news items that came out. Mr. Jeff Okuda, out for the year, Achilles injury. I mean, everybody wanted to see this guy ball this year. He's still having some struggles out there, but now he's gone for the entire season. Jack, well, let's let's go to Jerry Ball first. I want to hear what Jerry has to say. What do you think about this injury to Mr. Okuda, number 23, the third overall pick for the Lions uh, last year? What do you think? I, I, I tell you what, you know, that Achilles is a very, very difficult injury to just you know rehab and then when you start talking about recovery and then you talk about the position that he plays and being able to break and come out of those breaks and stop and turns you know it, it's going to be a little challenge for him because you know that full year it's going to take all that even just to get the confidence I mean that's that's a tough one. I, I agree it's a it's a tough position to get that type of injury Jack were you just devastated to see uh, Mr. Okuda go down and we didn't know how serious it was but it came out pretty quick that uh, it was the ruptured Achilles done for the year yeah I was quite upset about it and it was disappointing because yeah he had some ups and downs throughout the game he had a, had a nice pass breakup or two had got burned a little bit by Debo Samuel so it was just upsetting to see a player with so much promise go down and so Steve Smith was kind of talking about uh, Jeff Akuda after the game, and he really wasn't a fan of how DB coach Aubrey Pleasant was yelling at Akuda. But obviously, Steve Smith's not really the guy to take getting yelled at on the sideline. That's not how he learns. So I, I don't know. Amani Oruwariye doesn't think it's a problem. Uh, he says Coach Pleasant has a different relationship with everyone, handles everyone different. But what do you think about that, Jerry? Like, how do you think about these players? Be, like, how, how did you ever have a coach like that that was more in your face yelling at you? And how did you respond to that? Yes, yes, very much so. I, I, every almost at every level, high school, college, <laughs> you know, pro. I mean, that's a that's a part of it. 
I mean, the game is, is is so emotional that it's it's very hard not to allow the emotion to come forward. And then when you're a coach and if you're a competitive coach and you really can't play, but you living through your players, that emotion just stays right there at that surface. And he has to have composure. Now, I, I think one of the greatest things, though, with, with most coaches is this. A coach know that he can go over and kick this guy in the butt and this guy, he got to go pat on his back right. because you got guys that respond to those things different. So a guy coaching at this level, he knows who he can go do that to. He knows how to motivate someone. When they're in there practicing and and you're, you know, spending that a long time, whereas you and those players and you guys getting acquainted with each other, you're learning, you kind of learn different natures and traits with, with your players that you know, like, hey, this kid here, you know, I, I know that, you know, I might have to approach him a little different than I'm going to approach this one. And that's just a part of being a good coach, too. So it, I don't see no problem with it. Long as it's, you know, re, you know, within the confines of the game and not disrespectful. What a what a well thought out, just great answer from a former player. Now, before before I jump in here, like I just want to say this off the top, I, I'm not trying to have any issues with Mister Steve Smith, but but I want to say like who who's Steve Smith to be like all upset about a coach getting after him? This was one of the greatest trash talkers in the game, one of the most yeah. intense warriors to ever strap it up. Uh, Steve Smith, ice up, son. I think that's what he said on the field, like. I mean, <laughs> I was shocked to hear that come from him. And like when I saw this, because again, I was at the game. So when I went back and watched the tape, this this absolutely fired me up because I could tell it was that father figure. It was that brother. It was that hard coach that was getting after his player with love. He was getting after him yeah. saying, do your job. Do your job like I taught you to at practice. Do like you did on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's what he yeah. was telling him. And the part that I didn't like is Mr. Okuda kept trying to come back at him. And that's when AO was kind of saying, hold up now. Just be quiet for a minute. He's trying to tell you something. Listen. And then th what the media didn't show is... Aubrey Pleasant putting his arm around and hugging him after saying, let's go, let's get this together. Let's go out there and show you what you can do. So I thought it was one of the most tremendous, you know, you know, shows of leadership, intensity and, and quality coaching at a position coaches level that I've seen in a long time in Detroit. So this was a tremendous moment. Great question and follow up by you, Jack. Uh, love Jerry's perspective. And that's where I'm at. I mean, this is great on so many levels. So for anybody to say this is a negative or it's not a good look or this, that's craziness to me. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have those emotions. It, it's an ebb and flow. You know, you'll have something like that happen, and then the next series, a big player happen, and and it washes out. And Jerry, real quick on that, do you have a take? Do you feel like Detroit? I mean, the coaches that have been here since you left, do you, do you feel like they've they've been tough enough, or they've coached hard enough, or do you think it's been? I've been known to maybe call it the Lions Country Club at times, where it's been easy, <laughs> veterans come and getting their paycheck. Do you think they've been getting after it, or do you think this might be the first time that we really got some coaches that are wanting the best and and really pushing them uh, to their to their best level? All right, now I, now first I'm gonna have to put it kind of frame it because I look at the generation of the guys in the NFL as a whole. It's kind of every team has kind of adopted, you know, what 
during our day would have been very much considered a country club. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, uh, guys wearing slippers and walk through, and you know, <laughs> you know, I and, and honestly, we stand on the sideline in amazement sometimes. But again, you know, there are some things in the game that you learn from and you know the wear and tear on the body is one you know the long-term impact is one so it's okay to make changes where the game can evolve i think what happens is when you get into the competitive nature of each player you're going to have guys that are approaching it you know like a mike singletary okay He's about business every day. Walk in, you know, business. Chris Spielman, Benny Blaze, Lomas Brown, Kevin Glover, you know, guys I played with there about our business. So the coaches really didn't have to set the tone because guys was in there, you know, putting it, you know, setting the standard, making sure that, hey, look, no matter what was here before, we're not there. So we're going to, you know, try to live to our ability. So in that, Every team has to develop its nature, you know, and coaches cultivate inside the team the best attributes, you know. And I think in some cases with what I've seen over the years, some of the things that, you know, it, I, I thought it was like with Matt Millen's time, I take to him, I felt like some of the things that he wanted the football team to be, they didn't have in personnel. And when you got philosophical and personnel differences and it's not in the coaching's in the coach's uh, wheelhouse, it kind of becomes very difficult to motivate something that you're not sure of, like going from a 34 defense to a 4-3 defense. Those type of things are changes. And coaches, you know, have to figure it out at the same time, teaching a guy that might not ever played in that scheme before. So it's been a lot of things, but I don't think that it's because the coaches hadn't demanded the thing or demanded that the players, you know, put it on the line. I think, you know, some of it has to be, you know, how how personnel, strategy, scheme, timing, injuries, and how you approach it. You know, it's, it's a lot of moving parts for a coach to really try to harness and drive a whip all the time. You know, I remember when we played, and I don't mean to be long-winded, when we were in 91 and we was making our run, Wayne Fonts was smart enough to listen to us, you know, whereas he he have us out there getting it done. And, you know, guys, sometimes guys' legs, the receiver's legs might not be, you know, feeling good. They feel heavy. So we'll go to Wayne and say, hey, Wayne, look, hey, the guy's legs are heavy. Now, we practicing on turf because it's wintertime. So that means it's not like running on grass. You got a little cushion. So out there, you got a little wear and tear. So Wayne would say, okay, cool. We're going to ease back and just tell the guys we're going to run this many plays, but we're going to run them high, highly efficient, meaning we're going to run them quick. We're going to not you know, ease into practice and then get the team. No, we're going to do everything fast and snappy, but we're not going to be out here as long. That's an adjustment. So did it, was it making soft? No, it was making sure that in November and December, if you ever looked at Wayne Fonts' teams, they were the most competitive teams because we were always legged up. 
we didn't, you know, we was at a good pace and that's because he took care of us in the season and he knew how to pull back. So I think a lot, again, I said a whole bunch, but I, I let Jack, you know, chop at it. But, you know, that's that's a hard one to say is because the coaches didn't drive the whip. You know, the guys that, you know, go to work and come to play to compete, you know, it's got to have some self, you know, drive there too. Yeah, no, interesting stuff. Jack, you want to jump in there? Uh, I don't have that much to add after that. That was a lot of great information. I, I kind of agree with it, though, too. It's There's different like, – like we've talked about, there's different ways you coach different players. There's different ways to motivate people. And it's nice to see that level of passion at the very least. We never got that out of the Reverend Jim Caldwell. We never got that level of passion out of Matt Patricia. So that's the thing I'm excited to see is the passion. At least it like, obviously all those coaches cared, but you can tell that Aubrey Pleasant cares. You can tell Dan Campbell cares. And that's, it, it makes it fun to be a Lions fan. There's, there's no doubt. Uh, so, so you're telling me Dan Campbell has passion, Jack. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I mean, I think there's a new mentality here in Detroit. Simply this. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile <laughs> at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. Exactly. So I just think it's a new day in Detroit. You know, you know these coaches aren't yeah, messing yeah, around. Yeah. They're, they're all that, about ball. And that, I love that. So that, that's my type of coach right there now. There you go. You, you've <laughs> taken out some kneecaps, right, Jerry? What well, hey, listen, well, I you know I had a chop block, so I don't want to talk about that part. <laughs> they took you, they but took tried to take you out, but they couldn't do it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but but in the aspect of knowing that you're going into a fight, there's no sense in sugarcoating it. Yeah. This guy's coming to knock your head off. Exactly. Dan Campbell is a football coach, and that's why I love him. It might take a little bit to get this going, but I love the guy. So, guys, let's keep this thing moving, and uh, we're going to dive into this 49er game, but I want to get one more topic in before we uh, get another great sponsor in here. And I'm just going to tee it up like this. I love Penny Sewell. I thought they got great value with the draft pick. I love this kid's mentality. He's super young. He's big. He's powerful. He's athletic. Everything you look for. In a tackle, they had to put him at the left side due, due to the injury to Taylor Decker, and the kid played well. He played real well. He, he went against Nick Bosa, who's an absolute monster. But I feel like people are going a little bit too far, just penciling him in as a Hall of Fame left tackle, saying we got to either move Decker, get rid of him. He's one game, one game. Like I hope the yeah. kid is a real ball player, but I think we overreact sometimes here as Lions fans and just, uh, you know, anoint people. Let, let him play a few more like this. Let him let him ball out. Jack, what do you think? See, I am very excited about the performance by Panay Suel, but you have to just stack those games. It was like you said, it was great to see. We want to see that in his first game. It was much better than when he was playing on the right side in the preseason, but he's got to continue to stack it like that. And if he does, and if he can develop that chemistry with Jonah Jackson at the left guard, then maybe you talk about moving on from Taylor, not moving on from Taylor Decker, but you talk about moving him to the right side because he's a very good left tackle. Panay Suo could be an elite to great left tackle, but you cross that bridge when you get there. There's no sense in pissing off your veteran talking about moving them positions when we just don't know at this point. Exactly. J- Jack, I love it. Now, Jerry, 
you got to come strong here on the show. We need a strong opinion about this. What do you think? Is he is he just penciled in at the left side? You're going to move the kid back when? Where are you at right now after one football game? Well, <laughs> I, I tell you, one, what what he did to go from right tackle to left tackle, even if he was a seasoned veteran and play as well as he did is something really to take note of. And that's really what you're you're getting from the fans because that left tackle is the money spot. It protects us. The protection is based on that quarterback. That's his blind side. And you want that left tackle. Now the veteran Decker, you know, I believe that he should be given an opportunity to get his spot back because he didn't win the job from it. Right. You know, and if they were competing and let's say in training camp, they were getting ripped, he was getting ripped at the left tackle as well as um, Decker and they battled and you've seen the one-on-ones go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then you can make a real assessment. I think it does make the team a lot more stable in knowing that they have a solid backup that's at the right tackle that can move to left tackle in case. And that's what he's proved. So it, it should be a good thing. And, 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 I, and I don't think that they should rush to make a change because you also need to have balance on the line. You don't want it to be one side heavy, you know, Whereas now what you're going to move Decker over to right tackle. He needs to be on the field. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, uh, you know, my whole thing with it is Penny Sewell's always played left. So him going back to left was like a gift to him. He was like, hell yeah, put me back on the left. That's what I do. So that's why I think he played so well on the right side. He was trying to figure it out, which, again, the kid's 20 years old. He's been there for a half of a, you know, a one training camp. So I, I just felt like you got time to let him figure it out. And if he really struggles, I go with Jack. Yeah, if he really struggles and he just looked superior at left, then you, you make that decision at that point. But you don't give up on it, regardless of how well he plays. Agree with Jerry, too. You give it back to Taylor Decker, who's just got paid. He's a top left tackle in this league, probably a top 10 uh, left tackle in the game. You put him back there. You give the kid some more time at right. And then you, you see what it is. I mean, you could even make that decision in the offseason. Be like, hey, you know, uh, it didn't work out as well as we hoped. We're going to move Penny to the left and if Taylor Decker doesn't want to go to the right there's plenty of teams that would take Taylor Decker I'm sure um you know in a trade to get us some more draft picks and things like that so that's kind of where I'm at with it can I say one thing that I didn't mention that also you're talking about a 20 year old right yeah so at 20 years old to one be starting in the NFL is another one of those things worth noting that most people have at least two more years of development before they're actually on the field first and then getting the start, you know. So his man strength is going to be around 24 to 26. Yeah, exactly. You know, Still got so a f- he has <laughs> Oops, sorry, go ahead. You know? No, I was just saying, he has some time to develop to be that guy if you need. 
yeah, he's got to he's got to fill out sort of get that uh, that lean NFL body as well. He's a little bit sloppy right now, but it seems like a great talent. So I think we're all on the same page. We love what we saw from the kid. Maybe don't overreact, but also if he is the premier player, you know that left tackle is the premier spot. So I definitely don't mind putting him there at 20, 21, 22 years old and feeling good about it for a long time. So Jack, man, I'm gonna throw to you because I know you got a little sponsor coming up. You got to get play action pools in here. So go ahead and set that up and then we'll throw to that sponsor before we talk about lions 49ers ford field we got a lot to get into boys oh you know we got to talk about the lovely people over at play action pools because they are just just the best at what they do everybody we'll be right back exciting news our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. And whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concepts called Build Your Bankroll. PlayActionPools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, fellas, we're back from the break. Everybody go check out Play Action Pools. Check them out, no question. We appreciate them being a sponsor of the show. And we're not going to waste any time. we got to get into the San Francisco 49ers. And the Detroit Lions this past Sunday, it was opening day, I was in the building, I was at the Michigan game the night before, a heck of a football weekend for me, and I mean, we're not going to go uh, you know, score by score in this ball game, but I just want to throw it to you guys. I felt like the Lions missed some early opportunities. I mean, they had the football. They went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Then there was a fumble on the first snap. They kind of you know, missed some opportunities to cash one in there, missed a field goal. I felt like it was a tough start for the Lions where they really could have got up early. Uh, let, let's go to Jack here. Jack, do you, you agree with that assessment that they really could have uh, taken advantage early and maybe missed out there? Oh, absolutely. So like that first drive, it was pretty impressive. They got two first downs and then it kind of stalled out. Goff was a little bit in front of Tyrell Williams on a slant. Then they throw to the flat Jamal Williams third down, but then Campbell goes for it on fourth down. That's the aggressive mindset I like to see. It just didn't pay out in this situation. And then they recover the fumble from the 49ers and Goff misses a Monroe St. Brown. That's right. The rookie should have had like a 25 yard touchdown. Goff just missed him down the left sideline. They could have been up seven, nothing at two different points, but they ultimately failed to. And then that pick six was just an absolute dagger to the heart as well. So really that was kind of the tale of the missed opportunities there. The field goal, the missed deep pass to ASB. It just, mm-hmm. it was nice to see that th- they were coaching well, they were making the right decisions, but Oh goodness. It was frustrating. 
That same Brown miss was big. Hey, Jerry, I want to throw this to you. I felt like the coverage by the secondary corners and safeties, real spotty again. I, I know this is BLEAV, Believe in Lions, but I, I just didn't like receivers for San Francisco running wide open all game. My guy AO, I mean, he's even got a sound drop here on the show from And One Mixtapes. Oh, baby! I mean, I feel like AO was just, uh, you know, didn't live up to that sound drop. He just was not covering well. Mr. Okuda didn't have the best day. Tracy Walker, Will Harris continues to disappoint me. What would you think about the coverage and why they still aren't sticky with those receivers and, and guys making plays on the football? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, Garoppolo isn't, he's not a slouch. That's, that's one thing. And the 49ers running that system. You know, for the last two years at, with him at the helm, you know, there are some efficiencies that they brought in. So in, in the overall, the Lions were in situations that I feel they could have won the game all the way through the fourth. <clears throat> but I would say this, as a secondary go, you got to look at what the defensive line is doing too. If you're not getting the adequate pressure, you know, the timing of routes, get extended and you can't cover a guy all day. So I think it has to be a combination between pressure and the coverage. And then again, new coaches, personnel, everybody getting acquainted, but I don't, I don't look at it as a real bad outing. You know, I do think, you know, quarterback missed some, some key things, but you know, my, my question with him is to stretch the field and see if he's accurate throwing downfield, you know? So, right, but so as a secondary, got to have the D-line put more pressure. So there's a couple things there. We, we got to have a little fun with Jerry here on the show. Uh, a closet Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G fan is Jerry Ball. Because, it, Jerry, if we got to worry about Jimmy G being a top quarterback, as you kind of noted, we might have problems because the schedule, there's a lot better players than Jimmy G that's going to be coming at the Lions. So that kind of worries me right there. Secondly, though, I do agree with you, and I, I'm, I know that a big – Nose tackle, big fella in, up front is going to bring up the big fellas up front, which I love. We didn't have any pressure in this ball game, and that is a reason the coverage was horrible. Go ahead. Yeah, have to. And, 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 and it's not so much that I'm a Garoppolo fan as much as I understand that the system has him as the fit and it's based around what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are what he can't do so i think in that way i'm saying they, they their system was a little bit more mature than the lions defense system in terms All right of but my my, my counterpoint it, my counter is they're trying to replace this guy he's had struggles he's had injuries he wins ball games but he's slicing up our lions left right and center we can't have that we can't have 300 easy yards from this guy. He should have been struggling if we could have got after him and, and been able to make plays on the football, in my humble opinion. So we, we've hit on a couple negatives. Let, let me let me spin it forward. That's what I like to do here on the show. So early, like we're in mid-second quarter here, and the Lions are hanging in this ball game. It's 14-10. I mean, we got a, t- a beautiful uh, throw and catch from Goff to TJ Hawkinson um, to get us on the scoreboard. And then, and then like... You know, it's it's 14-7, then it's 14-10 Lions, a, a nice 49-yard field goal by the kicker, which was nice to see. But but this is where I I, I 
had trouble at the ball game. Again, I'm trying to root out my team. I'm trying to enjoy myself. Hasty with a three-yard touchdown. And then, to me, what was the killer? Jack, I'm coming to you on this. Jared Goff gets some pressure in his face. He gets his arm hit a little bit. But come on, man. No excuses. This pass was not open whatsoever. Pick six by Greenlaw. And they weren't done here to end the half. This is where the game flipped. Am I wrong? No, it's exactly where the, the game flipped. So, they had the chance to go down by eight points or down by three points had they scored a touchdown or a field goal there. Instead, they go down 18 after the pick six, and then the 49ers get a field goal after that to go down 21 points, all in the span of two minutes. You can't have Mm. that right before halftime. It's like Bill Belichick, he always loves to do the get the ball back at half and get a score right before halftime. He wants the ball to end the half and to start the half. That didn't happen with the Detroit Lions. It was the exact opposite. It was a complete meltdown, and it was disappointing. Inexcusable, Mr. Jerry Ball, am I right? Repeat that. Inexcusable, wouldn't you say? I mean, we cannot have this. No, no. no. You can't not going forward. I mean, but it's the first game, so giving them the opportunity to go out and make the corrections and stuff as they go forward, you know, let's see if they'll do better next week. Exactly. You just got to protect the ball there late in the quarter. Could have been a, you know, at worst, a 21-10, 21-13 type game. Instead, it's 31-10, and then the 49ers come out. And the other, well, I'm not going to get to that yet. I want, I want to ask Mr. Jerry Ball this. Jerry. You, you talk about the big fellows up front on defense. You had to love some of the Lions' run game, whether it was Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams, creasing them right up the middle, or DeAndre Swift, my guy, once he got going, popping 10-yard runs, getting in there and being productive. Did you like seeing that? Because the Lions haven't been able to run the football since you played. Well, well I, I tell you what, that, that was definitely one of the promising things that you could see is that they could run the ball. And, and running the ball is a very good strategy in in conferences where you have someone like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> about the face you want to keep the ball out of their hands and that running the ball is one of the ways that you can do that 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 was a promising look for the Lions too yeah we'll see if they can keep that going let, let me just go rapid fire right here I mean when I was sitting at the game a lot of people were dogging Jerry off about his dink dunk he wasn't throwing it here there wherever I I felt for a good portion of that game like he was making the plays that were there. He was, you know, accurate at times, inaccurate other times, but I didn't feel like he was the issue. I felt like it was a decently solid average type game from Goff to start out his Lions career. Um, To to me, Dan Campbell did try to get aggressive and go for it. Um, His coaches were getting after people, as we saw in the video, as well as just they seemed into it, which was nice to see a little mojo, a little moxie. I mean... I felt they fought hard, but I got to be honest, this felt like a real big beatdown, even though they, they came and made it tight. You got to like the fight at the end, but it also was that same fight we saw with Matt Stafford and company where it was like, hey, we're down 30, let's just throw it around the yard and then we'll be down 10 and, and then it will look nice where it was, it was a lopsided game in my opinion, but I do think it's something they can build on and uh, possibly move forward to this Monday night game, which we'll get to here in a moment. Jack, what would you take away from the game as a whole? Well, with the, the short passes from Goff, I did like how much play action they were running off of it, but the problem was Goff was kind of checking it down. He was throwing it to the tight end in the flat. 
we need to get back to the when he was with the Rams and he would run that play action bootleg and then just a bomb to Brandon Cooks down the sideline. The problem with that, however, is you have uh, Khalif Raymond and Trinity Benson, those two led receivers in snaps on the outside. And so you kind of understand why golf wasn't as willing to throw it downfield because those guys are both like five, eight Tyrell Williams gets a concussion early in the game. And it's just, it limits you. And, uh, you know, at the end of the game, we did get to see him sling it downfield, hit these uh, young wide receivers, but it was, you need to go to that earlier. It can't all be Hawkinson and the running backs. Yeah, I agree. Jerry, what'd you take from the game overall? Well, again, I think, you know, in some of the dink and dunk, it can help build efficiencies in offense and help a quarterback build its confidence. You know, a lot of times you want to, you know, get your quarterback started by getting them some of the little things that is not putting a lot of pressure on his arm or trying to win the game by being a gunslinger. So I could see that in strategy. I do like coach aggressive nature. I think that as a team, no, they're going to have to, you know, focus in because I do believe this next week, they're not going to see the same Aaron Rodgers that the Saints seen, you know, and I believe that, you know, Green Bay and, and how the Lions approach them, you know, being a rival is one that they need to get up for and not be, you know, don't ease into it. Get hot right now. Focus All on right. it. Yeah, hold off on that Green Bay. We're about to talk about them. I mean, uh, I I didn't bring it up, but we both know the 79-yard touchdown to Debo was like one of the times we actually almost got pressure. This ball fluttered in the air. Not only did he catch it on Mr. Okuda before he got hurt, but then he just ran away from our defenders like we were in quicksand. That was disappointing. DeAndre Swift's screen, a beautiful uh, screen ball that went to the house. That, That was great to see. And like you say, um, Jamal Williams, Quintez Cephas with some nice toe taps. I mean, those are all things to take away. Don't get me wrong, but this defense needs to tighten up a lot more, in my opinion, to uh, to get a road win on Monday Night Football. So, fellas, we might as well just head there. We're heading to Cheddarville, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, you know, they got beat up. What they score? A field goal in their game just got worked 38-3, to I believe it was, against the New Orleans Saints. So everyone's hating on them. Also, everybody is saying, oh, man, they're just going to crush the Lions. I mean, I was there two years ago, um, one of my few road trips to watch the Lions, where the Lions got screwed by the referees on Monday Night Football. We had that win. It was taken from us. That was heartbreaking. I don't know what to think about this ball game. I mean, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? What's what's their offense really like when you only muster three points against a marginal mid-level type Saints team, in my opinion? Like, I just have no idea what's going to go on in this game. Jerry, I'm coming to you. Like, you're heading in there under the lights in Green Bay division game, as you said. Like, do you think this is winnable? Do you think that we can flip the tables and, and take this team out? Or do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to tell everybody to R-E-L-A-X after this game because he's going to put up just a ton of points on this defense that I just talked about? I, I would say, you know, if this was the Lions last year, Aaron Rodgers would probably have a, 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 better, a better feel for the team. I think because it is a different team in terms of the coaching and how they're going to approach it, he's going to have to be a lot more studious on a limited amount of film 
for what this coaching staff is trying to do with the defense. I think when it comes to Aaron as a professional, the defense has to be ready to know that he's going to try to get himself not only motivated, but in the game where he's having an Aaron Rodgers type performance. And a lot of that isn't about pressing the ball. And that's the one thing, even in this last game, he was behind, but he didn't, he wasn't pressing the ball. They had some pressure on him and some things, but I think other than Tom Brady, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be, you know, top dog quarterback. And, and I'm not discount Mahomes in and others. So when they go in there, they're going to be facing the best of the best. And, and then the help with the receivers, you know, secondary, having some of the questions that they have to fill those blanks, you know, before Sunday. Um, will they be able to contain, you know, the receivers and some of the help that he has? And, you know, they got a nice receiving core over there. So that's going to be a real, a real test for the defense, you know. Now, as it relates to the offense, the Lions offense, if they can run the ball and quarterback move the ball efficiently and keep it out of Aaron's hand, it gives the chances, the chances favors the Lions. But if Green Bay has ball control, it's going to be a tough, tough one to win. And then, of course, going into, like you say, Cheddarland or Cheese Soup, <laughs> you know, Sunday night, that, that's a hostile environment. Oh, hold on. So I got I got I got I got to jump in, Mr. Ball. First of all, I want to say this with all due respect. I love having you on the show. You brought great insight on the show, but you just disappointed me on multiple levels. Because first of all, I thought you were about to just kill Aaron Rodgers. I thought you were about to say he's done. He doesn't care. He can't play. That's where I thought you were going. And then you circled back to calling him just the, <laughs> the top player in the game. So you, you let me down there. And then you just called Green Bay a hostile environment. Mr. Jerry Ball, I was there. I, I showed up right to go Detroit Kool-Aid flowing Honolulu blue everywhere this hostile nothing they were hugging us saying we're happy you're here and uh, we were ready to get that W and uh, they they couldn't have been nicer so it's not hostile they may have championships they may have that hollowed ground but you can go in there and win there's nothing hostile about uh, Green Bay Jack I'm coming to you unless Jerry Ball wants to tear me up right now well, well, the only thing I could say about that is that my perspective has always been on the battlefield, not on the sideline. So when I'm talking hostile, I mean that they got the benefit of the 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 crowd with them. Now, how friendly they are, you know, they let you make it in and out, <laughs> you no, know, they're, they're, but on there's that no field, doubt about it. it's hostile. Exactly. Jack, what do you got, man? You got you got something for me or, or for Jerry or t- turn up the juice here a little bit. What do, what do you got? I mean, come on. We know Aaron Rodgers is a pompous, arrogant, aloof. You know, I could go on for days. Go ahead. 
Well, the thing that most excited me and most interested me is Jameis Winston set a record against this Packers defense. He became the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for five touchdowns and under 150 passing yards. That's how bad the Green Bay Packers defense was on Sunday against the Saints. And now maybe they tighten things up a little bit. Don't get me wrong, Jair Alexander, he's a stud. He'll lock down the Lions' top receiver. But do they put him on TJ Hawkinson? Because that's a mismatch. TJ Hawkinson has like seven inches on him. Do they put him on Tyrell Williams? Well, then you're kind of wasting your top cornerback. And so I really think that the Lions offense can take advantage of him, especially the running backs, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, because they're linebackers in Green Bay. It's been a problem for years, and it hasn't gotten any better as of late. So I'm excited to see what this Detroit offense can be, if they can take advantage of Kevin King, the number two cornerback that we've seen abused as of late. So it's going to be interesting. I'm less interested on see how the Lions defense handles Aaron Rodgers and more interested to see how Jared Goff handles that, that hostile environment against a <laughs> not so hostile defense. All right. All right. Real quick. I, I appreciate all that good stuff by you kind of flipping the tables, but, but what's your, what's your Aaron Rodgers take? I just need to hear it two minutes or less. Give it to me. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is quite done yet. I think that was his preseason, that first game there. We saw it last year where he stunk too, and then he turned it on right after that. So I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers yet. I still think this is the last dance. The only thing I'll note is Michael Jordan wouldn't have had that kind of performance in week one. So maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't quite Michael Jordan, but he's pretty damn close. All right. Yeah. I mean, good stuff by you, except pumping up Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Jack, you know, I've been known to have a lot of the people. <laughs> I mean, you, you can entertain them, though, with a strong take on Aaron Rodgers like I try to do. You, you, you know, sometimes I have callers on the show. Jerry doesn't know this, but sometimes we get like live call ins or sound bits. We, we, we got a caller on the line. You want to you want to listen to him real quick? Send him in. Go ahead. I mean. I mean, Chuck Barkley calling into the show, and he just wants to give a simple take, an opinion, a strong opinion on Aaron Rodgers in week one. That's terrible. Exactly, Charles. How do you think the Green Bay defense was? That's terrible. I agree. Absolutely horrible. How do, how, how do you think that we're going to do uh, when we're coming after Aaron Rodgers? How do you think he's going to fear in week two under the lights in his home stadium where he thinks he's going to sleepwalk through the Detroit Lions? I mean, how do you think he's going to be, Charles? That's terrible. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be terrible. I agree. So thank you, Charles. Appreciate that. Appreciate you stopping in. Um, I I don't know. I, I could see this going really horribly or amazing because it sounds like you guys aren't buying into the conspiracy theory that Aaron Rodgers is tanking just to really stick it to the Green Bay Packers, that he's out there still on the beaches of Maui with his hippie hairdo and that he's not going to be able to pull it through. So I'm very curious to see. I think the Lions need to clean up their drops. I think they need to get much better at the right tackle because Nelson was an absolute turnstile like at the movie theaters uh, in game one. I mean, going around him, penalties, the coverage. I mean, you want to talk about cheese, our coverage. Swiss is how I would describe it. Swiss cheese there for the Detroit Lions. They need to tighten that up. But I B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So here's what I'm going to do. Monday night football, under the lights, everybody's counting out the Lions. Everyone thinks Green Bay and that smug I mean, that's all you got to say. That smug number 12 is just going to drop a bomb and score 40, 50, however many points on the Lions. 
I'm just going to give it to you guys right here. The Detroit Lions, I-B-L-E-A-V, I think they're going to win this football game. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. I agree with Jack. I think Jared Goff's going to do some very good things in this game against their defense. I'm going to go 38-35, to 35, Detroit Lions. Mr. Jerry Ball, what do you got in this game for an early prediction? I got to hear it. That's a lot of points now. I think it's going to be more run control game for the Lions. But the only problem that I have is that Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams are the receivers that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to. So I do believe that both teams are going to be somewhere in the 20s, but I would probably go – I'm going to go with my faithful Lions to Woo-hoo. win the game. 24-21 field goal. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I feel you, Jerry. This is why we got you on the show. I mean, bringing that, the first show that you're here, I, I absolutely love that. You did let me down earlier, but you came back strong. I absolutely love that. Jack, I mean, you're batting clean up. You're, you're coming in strong here to end it. We got two W's for the Detroit Lions. Uh, you better bring it here. Oh, well, I, of course you leave the worst for last. I thought you're supposed to save the best for last, but just leaving me out to dry because I've got the Lions. So I think this is going to be another high scoring game. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to f- take a little bit of an advantage with, uh, with uh, the new cornerbacks kind of in it, whether it's Jerry Jacobs, whether it's Efedi Milifuanwu, I don't know who it's going to be, but I think Aaron Rodgers takes advantage. I think the Lions are able to take advantage of a bad defense too. I think they cover the 11 point spread. That's right. The Packers are 11 point favorites over on betonline.ag, which is absolutely absurd. There's no way that the Packers beat the Lions by 11 points. That's ridiculous. I've got it with a 35 to 30 win for the Detroit Lions. Oh, what? oh I got goodness. it. But 11 points, that, that's, that's disrespectful. It's exactly. Complete disrespect. But they Jared, might most not people... be LEAV in the Lions, but we sure do. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, 11 is ridiculous, but the national media is going to tell you this is going to be like a 20, 21, maybe even worse than that ball game. I'm going to tell you that's going to be the spin. So I just think that both teams aren't going to be able to stop anybody. It's going to be fun to watch. And the Lions are just going to, like I said, they're going to shock the world. They're going to find a way to do it. So we're all excited about that. Jerry, I mean... I can't say enough how, how great it was to have you on the show. I mean, we literally talked for just a couple minutes before we got recording. You brought the knowledge. You uh, got in uh, got in the mix with us both. I, I again, I, I had a, one or two issues with you, but uh, we had tr- we try to have fun that way on the show. Otherwise, you killed it. I just want to give you a second. If you got any other projects, 
um, media stuff you're doing, what what you're up to these days. You can go ahead and throw some plugs out there, some promote some stuff. But we're just happy. Um, we hope we can just keep having you on Believe in Lions and that we can uh, get this flow down and enjoy talking Lions ball with you, man. It's been great. Hey, I, I really appreciate the opportunity and, and look forward to going forward. Um, I do have a couple projects that we're working on, you know, a YouTube channel, you know, is coming up with the name uh, right now. It looks like it's going to be Jerry Wrecking Ball. There you and, go. I like oh, it. I love that name. Yeah. Candid Talk is going to be the, the, the actual focus. I've been actually grabbing content while I'm doing some events and stuff, getting a chance, talking to coaches and players. You know, I got I already got like Marcus Dupree, Ray Crockett and some others in the can, you know, so we, you know, we're going to move that and then got a nonprofit that we're going to have as a focus and feature a lot of that. Uh, I'm Jerry Ball 93 at Twitter and uh, Instagram. So but, you know, I'll leave that for you guys, you know, in the link and, you know, we'll just keep pushing. And as it comes out, we'll be pushing it forward. Oh, definitely. Got to give Jerry a follow. Uh, go check out what he's doing. We'll we'll let you um, give all those details when the YouTube's up and running. Jack, I know you got lots of projects going on as well. Throw that out there. Tell the people where they can find your stuff. Well, you can find me everywhere at Javna87. You can find my work over on importantnonsense.com. I do a couple podcasts over there, helping your fantasy team to a couple victories like I got in my fantasy teams over the weekend. So that's where you can find me. Remember, that's at Javna87. And I'm just excited to continue to BLEAV in the Lions. Well, great stuff, fellas. Again, you guys can find me at Derek Okri on Twitter. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. But uh, we just really appreciate the Believe Podcasting Network for letting us uh, jump in here and talk Lions football and having the great number 93, um, the man in the middle, Jerry Ball, come on the show and, and talk football with us. So everybody, believe in the Lions. Big Monday night game. Lots going on here with the team, moving some players around. We'll see how they fare on defense. Hopefully they can light up the scoreboard. And we'll catch you next week right here on Believe. B-L-E-A-V in lines. Take care, everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.